Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. We are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP channel only. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to take that pain away from some of the new guys. I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with three employees and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're an MSP. We're currently about a dozen employees. We were originally founded in 1999. I believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share their mind share on how to overcome issues. I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago. I hope that you got a lot out of this podcast. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. And welcome back to the next episode of IT for Whiskey. Happy beer! I am one of your hosts, Craig Hickman, and I'm with my best buds, Joe Usia and Myron Herrera. What's up? 2020. Here's the big things for Craig for 2020. He will be 45. Uh-oh. That is truly midlife because the average man in the United States lives to, was it 89 or 90? So you, you really hit midlife. Way there. You've hit that hill, boy. It's all downhill from here. Downhill from here. Myron, I want to open the new year in a different way. What are you drinking today to celebrate new year? I am drinking something I've had before. It is early times. Early times because it's early in the year. <laughs> Get it? All right. I get it. <laughs> you know, you know what's really cool is I'm actually drinking something I have not had in a long time. And I just finished the bottle. And I talked about this in previous episodes. It is great Irish whiskey that my good friend Craig introduced me to. It took me that long, ladies and gentlemen, to finish this bottle. It is the Green Spot Chateau Montalena. It couldn't have been that good then. Okay, I didn't tell you how many bottles I had since that episode, but that's a whole other story. It's a great way to bring in the new year, and um, it's a great, great, great Irish whiskey. The whole Spot series from Green Spot and Yellow Spot, as you all know, my favorite Irish whiskeys. Craig, what are you drinking? I'm just going to piss Joe off. <laughs> oh, you're drinking the Red Spot, aren't you? So I'm not going to lie. Last year, when you came to Toronto, that was the one thing I expected you to bring. Oh, that's funny. When you came to Toronto, I expected a bottle of Red Spot. I hosted you. I wined you. I dined you. (laughs) I I gave you lots of meat waiting for the bottle of Red Spot to come out of the luggage. None of the meat was tubular, so it was good. I waited for that Red Spot to come out. You came. You ate. You left. You wined. You dined. And you dined and dashed. And I didn't get no Red Spot. I'm very disappointed. Joe, it is so good. It is very good. Okay, even if I spend 500 bucks, I'm importing one. I don't care what the taxes are. I'm getting one right now. Oh, my goodness. Online. Let me understand this. I could fly to Dublin 
And for $500 on my way back, stop in Toronto and drop off a bottle of Red Spot. And you'll pay me $500. <laughs> you'll fly to Toronto and drop it off? Done. I'm, I'm actually going to calculate this out here because... No, no for 500 bucks, tell me, because I'll just, just drop it off. That might actually make financial sense. That's right, actually. Remember, I have an Air Canada credit. The key is if you're going to do that, you can't just drop it off. You got to stay a while. So I don't know if we talked about this at all at either the pad pod. So I, I go and visit Joe. I've been traveling pretty much longer than normal for the trip up there. And I get to his house. I'm like, hey, you got anything to eat, like cold meat or something? And he whips out two Wagyu burgers and starts frying them up. I cooked them right on the spot. I thought he was going to eat with me. No, he was making me a double cheeseburger out of Wagyu meat. People do know when they come to my house, there is no shortage of food. And Meyer did show up later. You you were invited to my house. You chose, you chose not to because I have to go to Boston to win our award because we're great. That's what I got. Top 10 vendor of the year. That's for sure. Touche. I would have done the same. <laughs> we pick up Myron at the airport. I think it was the next day. Also favorite CEO of his hometown. The number one city in Texas to do business. The only thing I know about, about Myron is when we pick him up from the airport, make sure you have the front seat available. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Why is that? Would you like to tell us? He only sits in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. We've burned a few minutes here. What are we talking about today, boys? We are talking about sales and how to sell your MSP services to new prospects. That is the topic du jour. So we're going to cover a few different topics today. Have we talked about this before? No, we talked about how you market your MSP. We don't talk about how you sell your services to new prospects. We're going to talk about how to identify a prospect. We're going to talk about the process and we're going to talk about how to close. Those are the three angles I want to cover. I have spent the last six months revamping our process and our go-to-market. So if I say GTM, that means go-to-market, just as an FYI. And what our GTM strategy is and how we execute and how we conclude close faster. Thank God you clarified that because I was thinking go to meeting. That's go to. It's not that's not GTM, that's go to. They're called go to now officially. Which by the way, they're actually a company that is on the up and coming. Interesting things with them going on. Are they as good as Greenlink? Probably not, but they got some cool things. Let's start out with how to identify a prospect. How do you guys identify your your prospects? Somebody you want to do business with, a company that you want to close. How do you identify them? Craig, how do you identify them? There's two types of clients that I like. I like nice clients and nice clients with a lot of money. <laughs> That's a valid point. This is my saying from John Herlow. If Herlow's listening right now, he'll laugh his butt off. <laughs> There's validity in that. <laughs> Following up with that, good customers that are good. What defines good? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to define, right? That they understand the need for technology. And the second, and this is on the MSP side, obviously. And the second is that they pay on time. I don't care if they have a lot of money or not, that they pay on time. Do you know what we did? Actually, we went being a ConnectWise shop. We bought in everything they have. And we're 2020 this year. We're going to push all of our customers to ACH. And ACH for Canadian companies, it's new. We would do credit card. We would do a lot of things, but we're still old school check. Everything's by check when it comes to business. And so we're giving incentives to our customers to flip over to ACH. And in the last 90 days that we've been doing that, most of our customers have converted. So it's been great for us. So look into that, your platform, see if you can take ACH so they can and pay on time. You issue the invoice, you suck the money out of their account 15 days later, you're cash flow positive. It's great for the business. But more importantly is how do you identify companies that you want to do business with? I actually will say when I go into that first meeting, somebody I've never met before, I probe them on their beliefs of the relationship. If they're a transactional company and you 
get the wishy wash of, oh, you know, we haven't had time for it. And after like four or five conversations, oh, we've been busy. I flat out ask them, I say, can I ask you a question? Do you guys like believe in lowest price transactional type relationships or do you believe in the bigger picture where we become ingrained in your company? They'll tell you usually nine times out of 10, they'll tell you what what they believe in and what their culture is like. And if the company is very transactionally based and they don't care about the relationship and they don't want to have a fully integrated solution, we move on. Yeah, it's almost like you have to have like like those disk tests for people. I wish. If people didn't take offense to that, I'd do it. But if you had like some kind of process that you can probe those questions out that allow you to evaluate what kind of customers they're going to be, and that way you can figure out whether A, you want to do business with them, B, you want to charge them more, or C, um, they're great. I understand that, what you mean. And it is crucial that when you are out there selling, that you are selling to your type of customer, the one that you want, type customer or client, however you decide to call them. We have somebody here in the building that approached us a couple of years ago and they wanted us to do their IT. It's a business about 40, 50 users. The ownership is a husband and wife that we go through the process of quoting and all that and offering them the MSP. They had an MSP company, so they understood the model. But through the process, the husband and wife kept arguing back and forth on what they wanted, back and forth, back and forth. And I could see them complaining, oh, but you said that this and the other. This is going back maybe like five years ago. I looked at Giovanni and I said, I don't think we should take on this account. We backed away. We said, we're not going to accept your business. They were offended and they were like, if I write you a check, that means you won't take it. And we were like, no, we won't because I don't want that kind of noise for our staff. Because the worst thing that you can do is bring on an account that the customer creates all this noise that now slows down your production because your staff, at some point, you have to look at it as production and they have to produce. They have to produce SLAs. They have to produce on tickets for your good paying customers. You bring in the wrong customer, it's going to affect your other good customers. And that's really the problem. And more importantly, your employees. Absolutely. You bring in the wrong customer and your employees are affected. It trickles through all the other aspects of your business. It doesn't necessarily mean that they leave. It could just mean that they're less productive. They're burnt out. It's not good for them. It's important that you pick the right customer that's good for the customer relationship, for your existing customer relationships, the other ones, because once you bring them into your MSP ecosystem, you have to make sure that they're good. And then it's got to be good for your staff because you don't want them burnt out. We had a customer, that he, he was a doctor to boot, that they had a bunch of sleep clinics. We know the story. Right. You guys, I, I've talked about this. <laughs> let's, let's hear the story again here, Joe. Go. Since we fired that customer, it has been a blessing to our productivity. This one customer who was less than 1% of our monthly revenues would take up 90% of our cycles. Not worth it. Move on. Let this be someone else's headache. That's great from um, how do you handle the customer side of things, but how do you handle a prospect is what I'm really after. Speaking of that, when you're small in MSP, you feel like you have to take on everything because you just got to grow. Trust me, you don't want to do that because it's going to slow your growth so much. You may bring a few thousand dollars in, but it's going to slow your growth so much. Don't do it. Amen. You're dead spot on. We, as a company, learn that. I mean, maybe some of our listeners are a lot smaller than the three of us, but as a company, individually, we learn that sometimes it is better to say no 
early and stop wasting time and not just think I need to close anything under the sun. You don't because there's enough business out there for companies that match your preferred way of doing business. For us, for example, if a customer is all about three quotes and they don't want to talk to you if you're not the cheapest and all that other rigmarine that goes along with it, look, we're not the most expensive out there. But quite often, we're close to number one, but we're usually number two in price. But our value that we provide our customers is disproportionate. I just had a customer today talk about, well, we were only spending X and you guys are X times 1.7. I said, well, hold on. Are we really? She said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what was X covering? And she explained to me, I said, you do realize that we include all of these other things in our price. Now go back and reevaluate your expense and tell me if we're really that much more expensive. And she came back to me by end of day and she said, you know what? I just realized you're only a thousand dollars more a year, but your model is more cohesive. It makes more sense. When you can compare dollars to dollars, but when you compare, if you have a really good service, you're reducing the amount of wasted time by their staff. There's so much value there. There's so much that you're bringing in if you're doing the right thing for the client. When people are look, looking at things that way and they don't understand that, then it is what it is. Don't be afraid to ask for the business. You want to know if they're serious or not? Say, are you ready to sign? And if they say no, then ask them why not. The more confident you are, the, the easier the sell is going to be. Agreed. Why are you not ready to sign today? What What is stopping you from signing? Well, I never sign on a first meeting. Okay, that's fine. I respect that. Can we reconvene in two weeks from now and see if there's you know any other questions? Well, I got to talk to so-and-so. The one thing I have learned in 25 years of doing this is that if a customer consistently says to you, oh, I haven't talked to so-and-so or, oh, the board hasn't met or, oh, I haven't had time to deal with it, you know immediately this is not a priority for them. The question you need to ask them is, I understand that this isn't a priority today. That's fine. When you see it being a priority for your business, will you let me know? Or either that or just get an actual date of when it becomes priority because it's okay to have things in the pipeline while you work on the other things. And then eventually they line up because I've had people that we go through the sales cycle and then they're like, oh, they got to wait for the board and the board meets once every 90 days and we're just missed a cycle. That's fine. Just put you in the calendar for then and I'll move on to the next thing. But that way you as an MSP and your sales engine is not wasting time trying to follow up on somebody that is not ready to make a move in the next 90 days. And you can talk. I feel comfortable when I'm doing the sales on the MSP. I feel comfortable talking about that and saying, you know what, ma'am, mister, what's your timeline? Are you looking to close by a certain amount of time? I want to understand so that A, I want to line up my staff correctly for an onboarding. Two, I don't want to waste your time asking you constantly for things that you're not ready to move forward with. And three, just so I can make sure that it meets both our needs. You also don't want to be annoying. Exactly. That kind of stuff really opens up the door because then they become more transparent. And by becoming more transparent and telling you where you're standing, you know, and you say, okay, well, this person is not ready for 90 days. Maybe this person is ready to go in, in a week. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. I would say that for the most part, people will tell you how they feel. Craig, since you're dancing over there, you must be agreeing 100%. My big questions when I'm in a meeting is, what happened to your previous provider? Can you share a little bit as to what happened? Why is it that you are now talking to us? I want to learn more of your mentality of how is you came full circle. Just keep in mind, I live in a smaller area than you guys do when it comes to choices of businesses. 
And I've spoken to many businesses since 1997. It's just very interesting to learn how it is. I come across some businesses I've actually spoken to before and they've fallen back into my lap and uh, learning about their poor choices since I originally spoke to them. And I keep notes on almost everything. For example, I met with a company uh, four times over a 15-year period. And the fourth time, they actually signed up. (laughs) Due diligence. Don't ever give up. Always keep yourself open. Never bash your competitor. Agreed on that one, 100%. Never just always be positive and and be cheerful whenever you're in a situation. Depending on who you are, now being entrepreneurs, your first thing is you're always a salesman. If you can't sell yourself, you can't sell your business. Always go into a situation with a positive attitude, looking at the best outcome that you can get. Very early on in any meeting, you're going to know very quickly if they're going to be a good match or not. You can always sense with attitude. So you're right. And and I agree with that. But you need to ask some good, tough questions that are risky. Like you said, who are you currently working with is a big one. If they tell you flat out that, you know what, we do everything in-house and we buy from like the big, you know, CDWs and soft choices of the world. And that's all that we buy from. And whoever has the cheapest price, walk away as an MSP. Walk away because they will never spend the extra dollars on what a managed service provider can offer them. They don't understand it. So you can either spend the cycles trying to educate them and might or might not win them over, or you can just move on to the next one that, guess what? They get it and they'll they'll want the relationship that you have to offer. Hey, that old forester, that stuff is good, Craig. I'm moving on from my red spot, boys, because it's all gone. (laughs) I hate you right now. (laughs) Victor, our COO, there was going on a sales call recently. He had gotten a, a referral for a small doctor's office. It was a small contract. It was like $1,000 a month. And the guy was like, oh, that's double what I'm paying now. There's no way I'm going to pay that. And Victor was like, okay, that's fine. That's great. Let's not waste anybody's time and move on. If he doesn't see the value, if he's just looking at comparing dollars for dollar, then that's not the kind of customer for us, specifically on the MSP side. It's not the kind of client we want. You have to really understand what you want from a client and then attack those because those, when they close, you know, I can give you an example of a, of a law firm. We have a law firm. They're a small 15 user law firm. We went over there recently, new servers, new desktops, blah, 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 all these things that they needed. And the lawyers are like, if you're recommending it, it's because we need it. So I'll sign off. And he signed off. It was like a no brainer. That's the kind of customer you want. Right, Craig? I will agree with you, Myron. It's it's funny that we're maybe at this point in our careers and the evolution of our business that we've come to realize that we can pick our customers to a certain degree. And I will say that I wish I would have known this earlier because had I n- realized that there are some customers that are just not worth the paper they're written on, I think our business would be much farther ahead. To all of you that are either just starting out or just five, 10 employees, you're you're a smaller MSB, realize one thing. You have a very unique value that you have to offer to the market. And your way of seeing things may or may not be right. But if it is right and you believe in it and you believe you have value to give to, to a business, don't falter on that. Don't fall for, oh, I need the cheapest price possible. We've gotten to a point that we say, this is our price and that's it. We'll work a little bit with you, but I know what it costs for me to do my business. 
the three of us are slightly larger organizations than startup and we know what it costs. Don't go in and get sucked into, oh, $25 a month for everything included. You may think it's great up front, but long term, you're not going to make money. I know this is, I'm talking about a lot of stories, but we went, we had a real estate company in Manhattan that was like 200 users because we didn't know better. We gave the deal for like 30 bucks a user. It was remote only, remote only. It does not matter. We were so busy and we were losing money. And on top of that, our customers weren't happy. And at the end of the day, we lost the customer because they weren't happy. Don't do it. Thank God we've learned from that. That was close to 10 years ago. You can't do that. Well, think 30 bucks a month 10 years ago is still less than 50 bucks a month today. You, you can't you can't sustain a quality support at 50 bucks a month. You just you just can't do it. In Manhattan. Well, I'm talking about Manhattan. Right. It's just not it's not feasible. That, that's not Indiana, right, Craig? No, it's not Indiana. You only need a dollar here. <laughs> <laughs> that gets you like access to at least five Colts games and a Pacers game. <laughs> I would love to go to a Pacers game. We got to plan that. I can get us uh, sweet tickets to a Pacers game. No, I want I want right at the bottom. Oh, you want you want floor seat? Court side. Court side. Definitely not a problem. Talk to your connects. I just call, I just make one <laughs> phone call. Done. All right, everybody. We're going to make this one short. It's really late in the evening. I know that at the end of last year, it was a little busy for us and it was difficult for us to record, but I think we're on a good schedule now and we're going to have these episodes coming out more often. I also think we have some ideas of being able to push this a little bit uh, further and doing more. So give us some comments. Tell us what you want to hear, what what you'd like to know. Uh, like I mentioned in the last episode, iTunes, comment on iTunes and do the four things, not the three things. What are the four things, Joe? Comment, like, share, and give us feedback. Subscribe. And subscribe. <laughs> did we just get to five? Or do like Nancy did. Just send us an email at social at itforwhiskey.com. Kevin, take it away. Thank you. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it for whiskey. Kevin, did you get that? Yes, you did. <laughs>